everybody, and welcome to another episode of Book Book Goodies Author Series of Podcasts. I'm your host, Deborah Carney, and I have with me today L.J. Charles. And you have kind of a unique uh, niche that you write for, and I'm really excited to to hear about it. Um, L.J., how are you doing today? I'm doing great. It's so nice to be with you today. Well, thank you. And why don't you introduce yourselves for our list, yourself for our listeners and um, tell us a little bit about um, how you got started as a writer. All right. Well, as Debbie said, I am LJ Charles and I write um, a mixed genre book. I have three series at the moment. I write light paranormal romantic mysteries and they all have a little bit of paranormal in them, they all have a little bit of romance and they all have a little bit of mystery but they're not heavy on any of the three so it's very interesting I um, I think like most writers I love reading mm-hmm. and started reading when I was very young and never have gotten over the habit and then I, I, had, I wrote my first book in college uh, as part of a children's literature class. Okay. And it, we were required to write a children's book. Well, let me just say it was terrible. Absolutely yeah. terrible. But, you know, it didn't matter because I had written my first book and, okay, we're done. Then. And then uh, several years later, my husband asked me what my five-year plan was. Oh, I hate that. Holes went, you know. <laughs> and... Um, the first thing on my list was writing a book, which kind of surprised me. So I thought, okay, I have to learn how to do this. And I really love Nora Roberts' writing, so I got some of her paperbacks and a stack of colored markers, and I went through and I highlighted description and narrative and dialogue in different colors, and I, I tried to reproduce that in a book. Well, this is when I learned that I'm not a plotter, I'm a pantser, and if I try to plot, no book ever gets written. <laughs> I like that. You, you have to figure that out, yes. Yeah, you really do. You really have to figure that out. And so um, then years passed because I thought, oh, I'm a total failure at this, and it's, it's not going to work. And then one morning, about 3 a.m., I woke up with a book in my head. Mm-hmm. And my, the main character, Everly Gray, in the Everly Gray Adventure series that I write, was furious with me for having not written her book yet. <laughs> I love it. Oh, my gosh. And she, she absolutely yelled at me. And I had to get out of bed and get to my computer and start writing. And so I wrote that book probably in a month because she would not let me rest. Nice. And I wrote like 10 hours a day. It's fortunate that I didn't have another job at the time. Right. <laughs> but that book is A Touch of Ice, and it's the first one in the Everly Gray series. And so that is, um, that is how I started writing, and I now have eight books out. That's awesome. And I like the way you said that you had to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning and start writing because... Um, I I haven't had quite the same experience because I haven't like actually sat down and, and written the book. But I will hear in my head, you know, it's time for you to write and it's not time for you to talk and it's not time for you to work on your other stuff. It's time for you to, you know, pay attention to me and, and work on me for a while. So 
it, they do. Your characters do come out and tell you that it's, it's time. <laughs> oh, oh, they do, and they're usually not very quiet about it. No, no, and you can't think about anything else. So, like you said, you were fortunate you didn't have another job, and you were able to just take that 10 hours a day and, and write and write and write. Now, um, do you use an editor after you've written something? Oh, absolutely, mm-hmm. yes. All of my books go through a, a critique group. I have an actual critique group with a lot of people in it, and that's an online group. Mm-hmm. So that's chapter by chapter edit, and all of my books go through that first. And then I have three critique partners, and each one of them goes through my second draft. Okay. And I make all of those changes, and then I go to my regular editor. Mm-hmm. And she does what what she does, and she's a paid a paid editor, and right. it just depends on how much editing there is to do. And then I go through and I make most of those changes, not all of them, but most of them. Um, and then I do a read aloud walkthrough, so that I actually hear the words. I, and I make quite a few changes then to to smooth out the dialogue usually. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then finally, it goes to uh, beta readers. And I have three beta readers, and one of those is an actual reader. Okay. So she doesn't read for anything other than enjoyment. Okay. So all my books go through that process before I actually publish them. That's excellent. That's a nice multi-step, very well thought out um, process that um, if more writers adopted it, there'd be less unpolished books, (laughs) let's say, on... uh, you know, for the folks that self-publishing, a lot of them think they can skip some of those steps. And uh, you know, and even even then, um, I just, in fact, I'm in the process right now. I've got two more chapters to edit on A Touch of Ice, my my first book in the Everly Grace series. I I looked at it on on Kindle, and there were errors all over it. And you're like, I don't remember this. <laughs> well, no, and I don't know if that happened during formatting, you know, if it sort of messes things up. Sometimes that happens. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, of course, it's just, you just read over it so many times that you don't see those errors anymore. Yep. So I'm doing yet another edit, and that book has been out for months. Right, and that's the beauty of Kindle, is that you can just replace the manuscript and it is. Instead yes. of having to um, create a whole new book. Exactly. And it's one of the things that I love about indie publishing is that I can keep making it better. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I, that, that's one of the reasons that I indie publish um, is, for one thing, um, I don't have the time and patience to try and find a traditional publishing house. Um, and the other thing is that some of the things that I'm working on are things that were written by my son and not written by me. So, you know, trying to get an agent or a publishing house to look at, at those works is um, difficult because he's no longer around to be able to write more. So that's something that uh, traditional publishing houses actually, you know, want to have people that are going to be available to write sequels if your if your book happens to take off. So that's another reason why indie publishing is really attractive to me. There are there are a lot of reasons and that one is, is a very important one, especially if you want those stories to be out there for mm-hmm. the world. Yeah. But you know, I I think we all at one point or another attempted traditional publishing. Mm-hmm. Oh, back in the day I used to send out I used to magazine write. So I'm I'm 
you know, very familiar with the whole query letter process and all the, you know, having to do all the research and all the rejections and all the acceptances and, you know, the highs and lows. So I think one of the reasons that I, I finally decided to just go ahead and indie publish is because it had reached a point where I was getting my rejection letters were all, I love this book. I have no idea how to market it. Yes. So, and that's the other thing too, is that so many writers these days don't fit into the old formulas and you don't need to because there are readers out there that want to read what you're writing and uh, traditional publishing houses just don't know how to deal with the new styles of writing. I mean, one of the examples I've been using in podcasts is J.K. Rowling. You know, I mean, she created a whole new genre and a whole new world. And who knew she was going to be as big as she was? One of your novels could end up being the next Harry Potter, you know? And it could be somebody else that's just sitting in their living room listening to this podcast. You know, that story in your head and that world in your head if you go ahead and, and indie publish and don't let a traditional, you know, the reactions from traditional publishers beat you down, you know, you could have that next Harry Potter in you. You could, and isn't that exciting? Mm-hmm. Yep. The the gatekeepers, a friend of mine that um, was traditionally published that has changed totally to self-publishing, is like the gatekeepers are too much. And, you know, not that I want to knock traditional publishing a lot, but... I mean, I'm a I'm a I'm a professional photographer and if I get on a roll, I have my I have my photographs already categorized into different groups. And if I get a role and I want to publish a book of photographs on a particular topic, I can do five or six in a couple of days. And with a traditional publisher, you're talking a year for each one. After you went through the six months of querying and it's like with traditional publishing, you know, I don't know what other platforms you're using, but like I use Kindle and CreateSpace and I can have a Kindle book up in 24 hours and a CreateSpace book up in 48. So why? <laughs> exactly. Yes. I mean, it's, it's really, I don't know if I could ever wait 18 months to see my book. Right. Exactly. Once it's done, I want it out there. I want it out there for people to see. I and do make print versions of all my books also because I like to hold them in my hands. Yeah, and it's good to show family and friends. You know, you can point to it on Kindle, but, like, my mother, bless her soul, she, like, you know, saw that we made an announcement that we released a book that had photographs taken by myself, my daughter, and my grandson. And, you know... Uh, she saw the announcement about the book and she's like, well, where can I get it? And at that point I hadn't done CreateSpace yet because for photography books, for the Kindle, you have to make things smaller and more compressed. And then for CreateSpace, you need to have the full size again, yes. you know, for the high quality. So, um, you know, it took me a couple of months to get that one done, but she wasn't happy until she had a book in her hand. So I can understand that. Yeah wanted a signed copy too well and that's exactly what I did I I went to my um, I live in New York City and my uh, daughter and grandson live in Phoenix and I wanted to surprise my grandson by bringing a print copy of the book and I said I want you to autograph it he's 12 
So I had him autograph it, my daughter autograph it, and you know, of course, I signed it. And um, I, I like that. You know, you, it gives you a little extra credibility. You know, when you it, can hand it really something. Does. And it's also very nice to be able to do book signings. Yes. Um, and I've heard of a couple of creative ways to do electronic book signings, but if you have a print book, it's much easier to just go ahead and, and have a, a, a normal quote-unquote book signing. Have you it done, is, and they're fun. Have you, have you done many of those? I've done several, yes. And the last one was at Romantic Times in April, the Romantic Times conference. Okay. And that was so much fun because I got to re- meet a lot of readers. Oh, okay. And, uh, and it's just, it's just. In fact, one of the highlights for me, I walked into this this big room where they were doing roundtable discussions with authors, and this woman walked up to me, and she looked at my name tag and she said, "Oh, you're L.J. Charles. I've read all your books." <laughs> Isn't and that neat? Like, oh my gosh, somebody knows who I am. <laughs> yeah, that's really neat. What um. So when is when is that conference? There might be other people listening that might want to look into attending that. Romantic Times has a conference every year, uh, usually in April. Okay. And the next one is going to be in Kansas City next April. Okay. Great. We'll make a note of that. Um, so what other marketing uh, techniques do you use? Well, I try to do one sort of major marketing technique every month or so. Okay. Um, I have done Pixel of Ink. Okay. And I have done ebook swag. They're, they're uh, uh, much easier to do because they're not quite as terribly expensive. Okay. And I've done um, e-reader news today. Okay. Those are some, some major sites. I always try to put a book out uh, on Authors on the Cheap, which is a Facebook site. Yes, I love those guys. <laughs> They're great, aren't they? Yeah. Yes. And and so I try to put a book out there, you know, as often as I remember to do it when I'm not heads down writing. Right. And my latest thing that I've done, uh, I actually purchased an ad in Romantic Times magazine. Oh, that would be interesting. The first written printed ad. Okay. So I'm excited to see how that goes. Yeah, you, we'll have to check back with you and, and see how that how that goes. Do you know when the ad is going to run? Yes, it will be distributed at the RWA conference in Anaheim this month. Okay, beautiful. Um, now, if you were talking to a new author just starting out, what would you tell them? Oh, gosh. Well, I would tell them that it is... Um, it, it is a lot of work. And the first thing that I think you have to do is polish your craft as much as you possibly can. You can do that with online classes. You can do it with uh, talking to other writers. There are many, many ways that you can do that. But I think that's the foundation, and you have to have that first. But after that, I think the most important thing that you can do is have really good editors. I like that. That's good. That's really good advice because, I mean, and I'm, I'm guilty. <laughs> um, however, I, I did take the first fiction novel of my son and had that sent around to quite a number of people. 
to comment on and, and edit it and, uh, you know, took opinions from a lot of folks. Um, however, it's, it's sci-fi fantasy and most of my people don't read that and it's kind of out there. So, um, but it was, I, it, it took me about seven months to get it ready, but I wasn't working on it full time either. So I think that having an editor is like a recurring theme with all the podcasts I've been doing, all the interviews with authors, and I think it's something that a lot of really new authors, like I said, they think they think they can skip that part because they think they can self-edit. And you're a little too close to the story to be able to um, self-edit. Like you said, you put it up on Kindle and you started reading it, and all of a sudden you're like, I, I said that? <laughs> <laughs> this is true. I, I don't remember saying that. And I think that one of the other things you brought up, too, is the reading out loud. And uh, I know I've been to some, I've, I've been involved in some writers groups where that's what you did. You read your, you know, your assignment was to write something, and then you got in class, and then you had to read it out loud. And, you know, all of a sudden, it doesn't sound the same as it did in your head. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. And I also have a caveat to add about the editing. And that is that I think that you really have to try several different editors. You don't just take the first one that comes along. Yep. And you really need to submit uh, a, a several pages and get feedback on those pages to see if you're compatible. That's, that's a good point, too. I know that there are some people I've talked to that the first editor they were with like wanted to totally change their story or didn't understand their genre. And it took them a couple of editors to, and um, a lot of the feedback I'm getting now for the editors they settled on are people that, you know, they couldn't live without. I have a really good friend that wrote a novel a few years ago, and I was like, I want to read your draft. I want to. She's like, no, you can't see it until after I send it to my editor first, because she finds things that I totally miss, and she figures out what I'm supposed to be doing, and um, yeah, so... Good editing and a compatible editor, not someone who's going to try and change you to fit. Which is another reason to go indie. Because if you're, um, you know, if you go with a traditional publisher and they say, hey, we want these edits and it changes your story, you're kind of stuck. You know, you can, you can fight for them, but at the end of the day, they get to say how your book is going to look and feel and sound. That is so true. And what if they try to change your voice? Yes. Um, yes. Actually, I had an interview with somebody yesterday who said exactly that. She said that I gave, the, you know, I had a deal with a publisher, and I was all ready to go. We had the contracts all signed, and we started editing, and they wanted me to fit a formula. And by the end of the day, they wanted me to do a complete rewrite. And I'm like, no. No. And I gave him back my deposit and said, I'm going indie with this because it's fine the way it is. I don't want to fit your formula, you know. And um, she successfully self-published. So how cool is it that in this day and age, technology has come so far that we don't have to rely on the traditional publishing companies anymore? It is fantastic. There are just no words to, to explain how wonderful this is. Well, and I like that you have your your own little group of people that are your support group. And now tell me, are these people that you found on the Internet, or are they people that are local, or how did you 
put together your your little group of uh, your critiques and your your readers and your beta readers? It started when I joined my first critique group, mm-hmm. and I. As, as people were critiquing chapter by chapter, I could tell which ones were getting it mm-hmm. and giving me really constructive criticism that I could use to make the book better. Mm-hmm. And so I latched on to those people, and then if they would leave the critique group, I sent them emails and said, how do you feel about being a critique partner or a beta reader? Yeah. And so I started setting up people that way. And then they would lead me to their friends or their uh, uh, other writers that um, that were interested in the same thing. And then we would exchange manuscripts to see how it went. So it was a give and take, and it's been over six years that it's taken me to find my group of people. And I still, I just added a new beta reader last month. Oh, okay, cool. And that's, like I said, that's really important to find people that you're compatible with and let them... Um let them be your your helpers and your support group. Um, let's see. What else would you tell? Um, so you've given us quite a bit of good advice. Is there anything else you would tell anybody? Let's say that's established or that they're uh, they're trying to decide between being independently published and being published by. Um, a traditional publishing house. The the most the reason I'm asking this is the most common thing that I hear is that the traditional uh, publishing house will give you leverage and will be easy. You know they'll do more marketing for you, which we kind of know doesn't happen. It not it doesn't happen as much anymore as it used to. I think in the beginning, right. I think that one of the things people are not prepared for, indie writers, that are, they're just not prepared, is the amount of time it takes to do promotion and marketing. Mm-hmm. Because you really have to be on it every day. I feel like I have two full-time jobs. Yep, one of them is writing and the other one is marketing. What, Correct. Now, do you use sites like Goodreads or Shelfari? I do both. Okay. I am not as good with keeping up with them. Because I tend to put most of my focus on Twitter and Facebook when I actually, where I actually interact with my readers. Right. Because I think the interaction is very important. Yeah, that's the one thing I've noticed. I haven't dived into Goodreads very much, but I noticed that pretty much it's a one-way street. You know, I mean, you can start discussions, but they're kind of disjointed. They're not like a Facebook thread. That is so true. And the readers that actually follow me on on Twitter and on Facebook, I think they've either read one of my books or they enjoy the type of books that I write. Whereas on Goodreads, I get quite a few people that it's not their genre, Mm -hmm. but they might read one of my books as a giveaway or something else, and then they're very disappointed. Right. And that's not what I want to foster. I would really rather have people read my books that are interested in the genre. Right. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. I'm trying to understand Goodreads, which is what, one of the reasons I'm asking other authors, because I, I have some of my books up there, but they also seem to have this prejudice against ebooks, and, you know, like, you can only give away print books, and which is fine, but, you know, at the end of the day, if a, if a reader doesn't mind getting ebooks, it's so much easier for people to read ebooks. And then if they want the hard copy, they can go buy it because 
you know, you can take your whole entire library with you to the doctor's office and you don't have to worry about, you know, oh, I've only got one chapter left in this book and I'm going to be lugging the thing around and, you know, or you don't have enough to read because the doctor was late or, you know, kids' soccer practice or whatever. You know, it, it's much easier to have an electronic book in your in your Kindle or your Nook or your Sony reader. Well, and the other thing is, it's very easy to delete a book that you don't want to keep. <laughs> exactly. I read it. I don't want to read it again. Boom, gone. Exactly. Yes. And it's much more difficult to get rid of all of the paperback and hardback books that you're finished with that you know you're not going to go back to. Yep. I mean, even trying to donate to libraries anymore doesn't work because they just look at you and go, no, we've got 18 copies of this already. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, it, it's, it's just it's a changing world. There's no doubt about that. And, I, I mean, I have authors that I go out and I buy their hardback book the day it comes out because I love them and I know I want to keep those books. Right. I, I love holding a, a book in my hand. A new book is like Christmas, you know. Yeah every day but only those that I really want to keep the rest of them I don't mind keeping on my Kindle because I can go back and read them if I want to or not yep you know it's funny what you say about Christmas because after we put up a book on create space we'll order a copy um, I've gotten so that I do the online proofing online and then I just go order a real copy so that I don't have the proof page at the back and it, it, it really is like Christmas when you open your own book for the first time and you, you lay eyes on the, on the printed copy. You know, you've got, I've got 30 books on Kindle, but I've got, you know, 15 books here that I show everybody. <laughs> because exactly, yes. You know, they're hard copy and they're my photography or they're my writing or my son's writing. And um, it is, and, and there were people that when I put my first book on Kindle said, well, I'll buy it when you put it in print. And, you know, there's there's still... I don't think anybody needs to worry about print books going away anytime soon. You know, that's really kind of funny because that happened to me, too, when I first started publishing. I would have people say, well, when is it going to come out in print? Because I really wanted to buy the print copy. <laughs> and it's very interesting because all of those people now own Kindles or Nooks. Yep. And so they don't even bother with the print copy anymore because I introduced them to electronic books. <laughs> Yes, and it, I, I, I just love the way the, the publishing world is, is headed. Um, I think that it's got a lot of opportunity. Um, all right, well, do you have any parting thoughts? We'll start wrapping this up, but do you have any parting thoughts you'd like to give people oh, gosh. that we didn't cover? I, um, oh, maybe about cover art. Oh, there you go. And I always Cover art is really important. Okay. And, and, it's, it's, if you can afford it, you certainly should have someone do it professionally. I haven't quite fit into that financial bracket yet, but I did finally purchase uh, Photoshop. Okay. And I am learning painfully how to make covers. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do, I do think that the cover is something you need to spend time on. It's not just a, an added additional thing. It's a crucial part of your book. It's what people see when it, it's it's the visual piece. It's your ad for your book. You have to look yes, at it exactly. as being this is your ad. This is your, you know, while they're scrolling down the list of romances in Amazon or wherever, it's got to be the one that catches their eye. 
Exactly. Um, and, you know, something you mentioned um, about not being able to afford, you know, to get a professionally made cover. I actually have a, a graphics designer. I guess I'll talk to her about this because what she did for me is she made a template. So I have a series, you know, I have several series of books going and I have a template for each one so that I can go into Photoshop and change what I need to change, but it's the same look across all the books in that series. That would be so worth it. Yeah, that would be probably much more affordable because you're going to put your own elements in. She just sets it up so that, you know, okay, here's, you know, and here's what here's where you'll change this image. This is where you'll change this text. And at the bottom, it still says the name of the series because it's going to be on every one of the book covers. And your author name isn't going to change, so that's going to stay on each of the books. So that's something I'll talk to her about is adding as a service on book goodies because um, I know it's worked very well for me. Yes, and maybe she'll do a podcast with you so we can all hear about it. <laughs> all right. I will actually talk to her about that. Um, awesome. So, okay, um, LJ, why don't you tell us uh, where on the Internet people can find you? A lot of our folks listen from iTunes and may not be landing on the website that has your URL and everything on it. So if you can, you know, spell it out and tell people where they can go to find your stuff, that would be great. Amazon is pretty easy. LJ Charles, all you have to do is type that in the search line and they will take you to all my books. Okay. Um, I think the same is true for Barnes & Noble. Okay. Do you have a, a personal website or an author website? I do. I do have a personal website. It's ljcharles.com. That's nice and easy. And the nice thing, I think the nice thing about my website is that I have some sub pages for each one of my series that have photographs of either the places that my characters have been visiting or of the characters themselves. You are the second person to tell me that. That I love that idea. Uh, I really do. And you said you have Twitter. Yes, and it's at Lucy J. Charles on Twitter. Okay. And Facebook. And Facebook is Lucy J. Is, well, LJ Charles is on Facebook. Okay, beautiful. Well, thank you again for joining me. I've had a uh, wonderful time talking to you. I, I'm really interested in your genre, so I'll probably head over and uh, probably grab a Kindle version of your book. And... For all of our listeners, you can come to bookgoodies.com and search for LJ Charles and you will be able to find the podcast. We're doing a lot of podcasts in a short period of time, so she might not still be on the front page, but she'll definitely be there in the podcast category. Um, <clears throat> you can also find us twitter.com slash bookgoodies and facebook.com slash bookgoodies as well as finding us on geekcast.fm, G-E-E-K-C-A-S-T.fm, where you'll find the other Book Goodies podcasts, as well as internet marketing podcasts, and uh, lots of other marketing information from uh, various industry leaders. So we want to thank you again for listening. Be sure to visit bookgoodies.com so that you can submit your own request to be a guest or um, you can submit your book information so that people can find your book on our site and those services are all at no charge so uh, thanks everybody for listening get writing and have a great day